Hey, good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of you. We're so glad you chose to be with us. I'm Robin Horton. I get to do the, be the do-good pastor here at the Simple Church, and I also get the awesome opportunity to share the most amazing Mother's Day story that I think you guys will walk away just in awe of how amazing our God is and how he provides for our every need. So when Justin um, started doing the series about hidden figures, and women um, in the Bible whose stories have been hidden from us, um, I thought of my friend Grace and her amazing uh, sacrificial love that she um, uh, has shown, uh, not only in her own family, but to help other families' um, dreams come true. So I went to Justin and was like, we have got to share this story. Um, and I, so I'm so glad to welcome Grace Jacobson here today. So if y'all make her feel welcome. Grace lives right here in Benton, Louisiana. She and her husband, Brandon, and their son Everett, and then their son Justin and his new wife, remind me of her name? Molly. Molly, I think they're here today. So thank y'all for being here, that's awesome. But um, Grace and I got to know each other when our boys, um, we're playing baseball together. Yes. Um, the, and back in probably 2016, 2017, Everett and Jack, and I think there's a picture of them when they were little. <laughs> Look at them. Um, but we got to, we were baseball moms together. And if any of you have, your kids have been to sports or especially baseball moms out there, it is a unique group. And we really get to know each other, spend a ton of time together. And so I thought I knew Grace. I thought I, I knew her husband, Brandon. He was in the military and her son, Justin and Everett. Um, and then Grace, um, because of the military, they moved to Washington, D.C. And in November of 2018, she put this picture on Instagram and said, I cannot believe it's been seven or eight years since I was pregnant with the twins. And I said, uh, I messaged her on Instagram. I don't know if we've got that picture there that... Look at those sweet babies. <laughs> and I messaged her, I said, um, I'm gonna need some more information because <laughs> I didn't know you had twins. And that's when she shared her amazing story of surrogacy with us. So um, these, because when I looked at those boys, I was like, I don't think those are Brandon's kids. So <laughs> I'm really gonna need to know some more about this. So Grace began to share um, how God used her through surrogacy. Um, and so I'd, I can't do justice to her story, but I want Grace to share with you how, um, what God put in her heart for, mom, for her as a mom and for other moms. Okay, thank you, Robin. Thank you for welcoming me. And I'm so happy to be here because I love sharing this story. And um, it's really God's story because without him, you know, I can't do anything. But um, I've, you know, being a mother is one of the greatest joys of my whole life. So um, God's blessed me with Justin and Everett, who are 21 and 15. And um, so I've always had a passion for helping people who can't conceive because I know some people and family members and friends, and I know how difficult it can be. So when I was in my 20s, I was able to um, donate my eggs three different times to three separate couples, and that was... I love doing that. You know, it was such a joy for me to be able to help people. And um, when I turned 30, I was too old for that. <laughs> so um, I, I still had that passion in my heart, but um, I didn't, I couldn't donate my eggs anymore. So I had just graduated from college and I was looking for a job online and I came across um, a, 
an ad for surrogacy. And I was like, hmm, let me think about that. <laughs> and um, I talked to my husband about it, and he said, oh, no, there's no way you're going to be able to carry a baby and give it up, you know, to someone else. And I said, to me, it's the exact opposite. Like, I cannot wait to have this baby and say, here, you wow. know, this is yeah. a gift, you know, from God through me. So um, he, I finally talked him into it, and I was able to sign up um, to be a surrogate. We were living in California at the time, and um, we were in central California, and my surrogacy agency was in Los Angeles. So um, made lots of trips down there yeah. to get um, accepted to be a surrogate. And since I had had two healthy pregnancies, I was a good candidate. And um, so they put me in their database, and I was able to be chosen by a couple. They actually lived in Detroit, um, but they were in their mid-40s and couldn't conceive. So they chose me, and we communicated through email and phone calls, and I decided that they were a good fit for, for me. And the main thing that I wanted us to agree on was if they implanted three embryos, and they all took, yeah. there was going to be no termination. So um, however many embryos they transplanted, I was ready for, but I said no more than three. Because, <laughs> yeah. So um, in, <clears throat> in July, we, July of 2011, we tried for the first time to, through IVF with the mother's eggs and um, unfortunately was unsuccessful. But then in September of 2011, we tried with the donor egg and um, it was successful and I became pregnant with um, two baby boys. Mm. So. Um, That's amazing. Yes, so I was pregnant. Um, I think there's some pictures of her yeah, pregnancy. That, that's yeah. my first picture. I was about 10 weeks and already really big <laughs> because of the twins. But um, so, yeah, when I became pregnant, and um, there's Everett with me as well. <laughs> when I became pregnant, um, the intended parents were amazing. They were supporting me, calling me every day, um, making sure I was okay, yeah. um, helping me gain weight. <laughs> they would send me lots of care packages with um, wow. extra goodies, healthy goodies to help me put on some weight. And everything was going great in the pregnancy. It was a wonderful time for me. I love being pregnant. And um, around 19 weeks, I was able, or they were able, the parents were able to fly out to California and meet me in person for the first time mm -hmm. and come to my anatomy scan. So um, that was an amazing day to be able to have our families meet. They brought gifts for my kids. It oh, was, wow. It was just amazing. And um, everything was wonderful at the 19-week anatomy scan. And um, so they flew back to Detroit. And then the next week was my 20-week appointment with mm -hmm. my normal OB. So I go in to that appointment, and he let me know, hey, um, your cervix is sh shortening a little bit. And I said, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't knew, know what that meant. So um, he told me to go home and just to be on modified bed rest, just to take it easy for a week and to come back next week. So I came home and tried to stay in bed as much as I could for the whole week. When I came back at 21 weeks, um, they, the doctor checked me again and told me, your cervix is extremely shortened and you need to go to the hospital right now and be on complete bed rest. Wow. He, he said, don't even drive yourself. I want you to lay down in the back of the car. And my mom drove me to 
the, um, the hospital, which was... It was far away, wasn't it? Like yes. from your home? It was an hour plus away from my home, so I didn't get to see my family maybe once a week. Um, and it was, it was a hard time being in the, mm -hmm. in the hospital, being away from my family. And this was a special day because it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I actually <laughs> got to eat pizza because I was on a very strict diet because of um, being pre-diabetic in the hospital. So um, I got to eat pizza that day. So that was a super happy the day for I me. remember, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. So um, being in the hospital, like I said, was challenging. I, I couldn't um, shower regularly. There was even a time where I couldn't get up to use the restroom um, for a time. So it, it, was, it was hard on me. Um, I even went through a, a procedure called a cerclage to help keep the babies in there. And I went uh, on some medication um, that was not very pleasant. Yeah. And all I wanted to do and was- And all as an attempt to keep them. To keep them in yeah. there, yes. So I was 21 weeks when I went in and um, they said, we need to make it to 23 weeks because that was their age of viability. That was the, the time where they saw that they would be able to save them mm -hmm. if they were born. So we were just praying for 23 weeks and we made it to 23 weeks. But then, um, unfortunately, the intended parents at that time made a decision that I was not prepared for. And um, because legally, they had jurisdiction over the baby, babies in my stomach. So um, they made the decision, if they were born before 25 weeks, that they would only receive comfort care, which means they get wrapped in blankets and they don't receive any life-saving measures. So that... That broke my heart. Yeah. And, oh my you know, goodness. after everything we've been through and we made it to 23 weeks and I just, I just didn't understand. And, um, right. So at that time, you know, I just, I realized I'm not in control. You know, yeah. I can try as much as I can, but I needed, I needed God's help. Mm. So, um, I just began reading my Bible like I never had before and praying harder than I ever had before. And, it was in that moment, you know, I'd grown up in, in a Christian home, in church, and I called myself a Christian and believe in God, but I wasn't living for him mm -hmm. like I really should. So, you know, in that moment, the Holy Spirit just convicted me of those things, and I repented of some of the things I needed to turn from and put all my faith in him oh. and him alone and just trusted him with whatever outcome yeah. there would be. So that really lifted a weight off me because... We're not in control. Right. You know, and, and his plans are perfect, even if they don't seem this perfect to us. Yeah. So by the grace of God, they were able to, I gave birth to them at 25 weeks in one day. Isn't that amazing? So, 25 weeks in one day. So God kept them in there as long as they needed to be in there. And they were um, born weighing one pound, 12 ounces, and um, two pounds, one ounce. And they were so small. This was the, um, the only pictures that I was able to take of them, the only time I was able to see them. I don't even think I was supposed to be able to go into the NICU to see them, but the nurses felt for you, I'm sure. Yeah, they had compassion on me and let me see them and take these pictures. Um, but then I was not legally allowed to go see them. Wow. So um, the parents had flown in from Detroit and... Um, you know, I gave them a hug, but I could tell there was something different. Mm. Um, they were really distraught and disappointed but, um, and scared, understandably. Um, and so I was discharged from the hospital. And 
I would call them every day. Like, how are the babies doing? Um, and they would give me some updates, um, but mostly they would just give me numbers and percentages, like they have a 25% chance of this, and they're gonna need this, and they're gonna have this struggle, and um, mm. they told me things like they had been abandoned by their family in China because they thought they were cursed, and um, they blamed me for it. So um, it was really hard because I was yeah. just trying to help them, and this, you know, thing, seemingly bad thing happened, but I was, I'm an optimist, so yeah, I was looking yeah. at it like, but we made it to 25 weeks and they're stable and, you know, I was just totally distraught. And um, so finally they stopped taking my calls. Oh my gosh. And I didn't, I couldn't contact yeah. them. Um, there was one time that I was able to talk to them on the phone through the surrogacy agency as a mediator because they weren't abiding by the contract and yeah. paying for my medical expenses. And um, they mentioned nothing about the babies. That was when they were probably about a year old. They wouldn't tell me anything about the babies. So I was um, just praying every day for, go for God to help them to be loved. Because mm -hmm. that was, I just didn't know from the conversations I'd had with them if, if they were even loved because they were just telling me numbers and probabilities and I just, I wanted them to be loved. So every day I would pray, God help them to be loved. Mm. So um, a year and a half passed. And, so 18 uh, months? 18 months. And you, you didn't know anything? The last I had heard, I mean this was the last time I had seen them when the day they were born and I was, um, I just heard from their parents a week, few weeks after they were born. So I was just praying every day and um, just trusting God. Yeah. But um, one in July of 2013, so they were about 18 months old, I was helping my parents with a garage sale and <laughs> on Facebook and um, I was checking my messages because sometimes if someone who's not your friend sends you a message that's in the other folder. Uh -huh. So I checked the other folder on Facebook and I had a message from three months ago from a woman um, that I didn't know, but the message began with, you might not, you don't know me, but I think we might have a connection. And she went on to tell me that she was looking for the surrogate who delivered the baby boys that she had adopted. Um, when they were three months old, I believe she adopted them, but way before that, she, um, her dad, used to volunteer at the NICU to give skin-to-skin -skin contact. And um, so her dad, their eventual grandpa, was holding them from the first few weeks And after giving them love. Born. Yes. And then they met, um, you know, they brought the parents in and they were able to fall in love with the boys in the NICU. And the intended parents, the original parents, um, had given them up for adoption mm. when they were just a few months old. And um, they were not Christians, but they decided to put the babies up through adopt, for adoption through a Christian agency because they know the heart yeah. that Christians have for adoption. So um, this is all God and just bringing um, these, this family together with them. They adopted them when they were three months old. That's and um, this family is an amazing family. They already had adopted another child. And I believe at the time they had three of biological kids, um, but today they have also adopted more kids, more twins, 
Um, I believe they're twins, but um, they're just an amazing family, and I could not have asked God for a more loving family than, than this family. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did want to mention about that day when she reached, when she reached out to me, or yeah. she had reached out to me in April, but in July when I found her message, um, that night before I went to bed, what I would do um, before bed was open the YouVersion app and there would be a verse of the day or a group of verses and I would read them. Um, that night there was a verse or a group of verses that couldn't have been more perfect for what had happened that mm. day. And I just want to read them to you. It's um, Psalm 118, verses 21 through 25. It says, thank you for responding to me. You've truly become my salvation. The stone the Masons discarded as flawed is now the capstone. This is God's work. We rub our eyes. We can hardly believe it. This is the very day God acted. Let's celebrate and be festive. Salvation now, God. Salvation now. Oh, yes, God, a free and full life. So it couldn't be more perfect. No, no. God just he the the very day God acted. Exactly. And I was so blessed by this verse. I shared it with Tracy and um that's the the twins um mother's name. And um we worked out a time where I could go meet them because um one thing about where they they live only 45 minutes from where we lived in and, California. In California. Yeah. So I was able to to meet them um in August of 2013. My husband was actually deployed at the time, which I couldn't wait to tell him, you know, yeah. the time difference. I was able to finally tell him, and then he was able to meet them um, in December of 2013, um, right before we moved here that same yeah. month. Yeah. So um, the last time I had seen, I have seen them was in December of 2014. I think we um, have that picture. Look at them yeah. getting big right there. So we were able to go back to California and visit, but that's the last time. And they have since moved from California to Colorado. Oh, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But we're still able so to So you keep haven't up. seen them since 2014? No. Oh my goodness, no. that's amazing. Well, the cool thing is, is that when Grace shared with Tracy that she was going to share her story today, Tracy was... Um, had no hesitation in sharing um, her number with me. And so we got to talk and I was like, let's make sure Grace can see these boys face to face on the screen today. So we have got Tracy and her boys and part of their family gonna be able to Zoom with us, I think. Let's hope it all works, technology. <laughs> hold, on, hold on a second, Robin, let me see. I think we got a problem with the Zoom, one second. Okay. Is it working? Uh, hold on a second. I'm not really sure. Grace as their tummy mommy. So they've had lots of mothering. So y'all meet Tracy and Serafina and Jonathan and David. Here, Tracy, I'll let you hold that. We are so, we're so glad we pulled off this surprise. I've been so nervous. So, but Tracy was literally a week and a half ago. I talked to her and I said, would you consider this? And the next day, like less than 24 hours later, she called me back and she said, 
yes, we'll do it. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? So they flew in yesterday and have had some fun here in our city. But Tracy, I know God has been at work in your family through this. And I'd love for you to just share your, a little bit of your side. I think they brought another chair up here maybe, or if y'all just want to come on in. But <laughs> kind of share just a little bit about, I know her prayer was always, God, just let, you know, that mother's love, or just let them be loved. Yeah. And for what you experienced. Um, well, so we, we heard about the boys, and we, we had already fostered and adopted one, one kiddo, and we were in a group, and we heard about the boys, and we said, I think God's calling us to adopt these kids. And we went in and met them, and we heard their story that they were a surrogate, and the parents... Um, we're not willing to raise them. And so we went through the process of fostering adoption the whole time that was on my heart that there was this surrogate out there and the nurses had told me they couldn't talk to her because they weren't allowed to. And when our adoption finally went through, I I scanned every medical record until I found her name in one of them. And Facebook stalked it, of course. (laughs) And then sent her a message because it was on my heart that that she needed to know they were safe. And I was worried that she might get angry if I texted her or emailed her or Facebooked her, but I did it, God said do it, and I did, and it's been great. We were so happy when we finally got to meet up and she got us meet the boys for the first time. It was, it was the completion of their story. They deserve to know everyone. <laughs> They're shy, Get your wondering. So, um, and it spurred us on, we, um, our family is, Better for it, we foster um, lots of kids with medical needs now, and that's kind of who we are. And we have a lot to thank for Grace and these boys. Yes, they're amazing. I mean, I could not imagine a better story of what (laughs) for Mother's Day. Because we know that moms, no matter your story may not look like this, but we know that as a mom, you spend a lot of time praying over your kids and for whatever struggles they may walk through, whether they're medical or emotional, mental health, spiritual, um, but your prayers matter. And even in the waiting to me is what it was, 18 months. And I remember, Grace, when you told Justin and I this story and you just talked about holding on to the side of that, your hospital bed and the bed sheet at some times because you were alone and trusting in God and just that holding on and holding on. And I know um, that your prayers matter to God. And I um, just cannot thank you both enough for being vulnerable, sharing your story, coming all the way here. Guys, you've been amazing. (laughs) And their big sister is phenomenal. And now because of what she's walked through, she wants to be um, a physician as well. So we're so excited to see what God's gonna do in your life. And how you become a mother in so many ways is taking care of your brothers. So we're so thankful for that. But I could not think of a better song as we transition um, to just really drive home the point that moms, as you talk to Jesus today about your kids, maybe even the kids you've lost or um, the hurts you've walked through, just know that your prayers matter and God is working and he is doing something absolutely amazing. Thank you, ladies, so Thank much. You. Thank you. Can you take our chairs? I think he'll. What an amazing story to share today. 
And we want to talk about the power of prayer and what that can bring to each of our lives. So you can take time during the song just to listen or to pray. It doesn't matter how you do it. God's always listening. Grandma used to pray out loud by her bed every night. Me, it sounded like mom led, like she was out of her mind. Said, girl, this kind of praying is what saved my life. You ought to try it sometime. Now I know she was right. She was talking to Jesus. She was talking to Jesus. She'd been talking to Jesus for all of her. Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Khaki pants and a polo shirt. Boy, I put up a fight. She said, son, one day you'll thank me for having God in your life. Yeah, I know she was right. Yeah, my mama was right. Cause now I'm talking to Jesus. She got me talking to Jesus. She got me talking to Jesus. Yeah, my mama was right. Now I'm talking to Jesus. Yeah, I love talking to Jesus. I'll be talking to Jesus for the rest of my life. Now there's no wrong way to do it. There's no bad time to stop. It don't have to sound pretty. Just tell them what's on your heart Cause it's not a religion No, it's more like a friendship So just talk to your father Like you are his kids Just start talking to Jesus just start talking to Jesus when you talk to Jesus, oh, whenever you like, start talking to Jesus, start talking to Jesus, just keep talking to Jesus for the rest of your life. You sing this old thing with us. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often 
are for them. Oh, Tracy and Grace, what amazing women they are, and they are great examples for what I want to close this service with. I thought about this for a long time, even leading up to uh, today's service as we walk through this series. There is some word, really, that has been in my mind when it comes to these amazing women, and it is this word right here. A very simple word, but warriors. Now, most of the time, you are thinking, Come on, moms, warriors. Well, now you have seen why I think that because these amazing women have really demonstrated what it is to be willing to fight for others. That is what I know about my mom. That is what I know about Angie. That is what I know about so many great women that have been in my life. They're always willing to go to battle for someone else. They're always fighting for their kids or they're fighting for their family or they're fighting for their friends. And in this case, even fighting for strangers to make sure that they know that they are loved and that they're taken care of. And I was blown away with the story. So thankful for Robin coming out and interviewing uh, Grace. And then, of course, the reveal for Tracy. How cool is that? Come on, y'all. Give a little bit. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So you probably wonder, where are we going today? Well, I don't have long, so I'm going to go quickly, all right? The first thing that I thought about when you see this amazing women who are willing to fight for others, you may have seen the news because as I was preparing this message, another amazing woman comes into the local news, and it was from the national news, but I saw it on a local channel. I was like, that is a crazy, amazing story of one woman who is a fighter. I'm talking about going next level, fighting for other people. Uh, she has an amazing story where she actually ran 104 marathons. Let me say that again. 104 marathons in 104 days straight without taking a break. Don't believe it? Watch. 21 years ago, life looked pretty different for Jackie Hunt Bruschma. I was told that when um, I had my leg amputated, it's like, it's okay, you're going to be in a wheelchair, you'll be fine. It's like, this is your new normal. The South African native lost her left leg below the knee to a rare type of cancer back in 2001. When you become an amputee, there's a stigma, like you're, you're put in a box, you're disabled. But then, Jackie found running. Running just makes me feel strong and fearless, and it makes me feel free. And this week, Jackie broke a world record, completing 104 marathons in 104 days. Someone had done a record, and the record was 95 consecutive days. The record was held by an able body, and I was like, you know what, it would be really cool if someone with a, an amputee like me came and did it. She pushed it pretty far. A total of 2,724.8 miles. My body just kept adapting to the distance and just kind of just got stronger and stronger. One marathon, people will just like have pizza for a week straight afterwards. What were you eating every day? Oh man, the food part was one of the, uh, one of the other hard parts, was just getting it right. Her favorite marathon, Boston. I hope that people will look at it and say, you know what, I'm capable of a lot more than what I think and give it a try. That's, that's all we can, we can do is just, just get out there and realize you can do hard things. Can you believe that? Come on. And I left out the crazy part that she actually, 104 marathons in 104 days, 
with an amputated leg. And the reason I shared the story that she is a mom, she's an amazing mom who's going for it, and actually raised over $200,000 for amputees that could not afford the leg because of uh, insurance issues. They wouldn't be able to get that prosthetic, but she made it possible. And I thought, man, this is another great example. And she had this quote, I don't know if you've ever heard anything like this, but to me, when I read this, I was like, this lady really has a powerful story. Check this out. It says, you make peace with the pain. And she was talking about running all of these marathons and the pain that goes along with that. Just because you have a target, something you're looking forward to, right? Something you're going for. You just suck it up and you know what you just need to get on with. You know you just have to get on with it. Now, the reason I brought this little little comment, this little quote to you, is because I thought of all the pain that Grace has gone through. I thought of all the pain many of you have gone through. I thought about different stories and circumstances. And this is part of today's message, is making peace with that pain, knowing that there is a target, that there's a reason, that there's something bigger out there for you. You being in this room or you watching online today is very much evidence that God wants to speak to you today. He's like, hey, I know you've been through a lot. I know there's been tr you know, trouble and struggles and all these different things that all of us have gone through. But today we're going to give you a chance to walk through that and go, all right, God, what do you want to teach me through this? Now, I pulled up one of her posts off Instagram, and this is just some of the statistics. A 2,700 miles in 104 days straight. My boy, Keith Sally, is getting ready for the walk where all the girls are going to walk for Honduras and the Waterwell Project. And he said, man, I walked 10 miles this past week. Keep walking, Keith. Keep walking, all right? 2,700 miles. I'm like, good night. You know, 10 pair of shoes, uh, 400 gels. You can imagine, man, you're going to get chafed if that's happening, all right? But then this is the thing. Multiple donuts and 20 pizzas. I'd have had like 80, I promise you. But here she is making peace with the pain, walking through it, and continuing to go for it. Now, why in the world would I talk about her? Because she's a warrior, just like Grace, just like Tracy, fighting through all the adversity and the struggles and keep pressing on. Here's this amazing story. Now, i got to give you a biblical example, though. You're probably going, well, where are we going today? Well, you've probably never heard of this woman. I'm going to give you a hint, though. Uh, other than my mom, my wife, my daughters, if I were to name a woman that I love, who comes to your mind? And I know what some of you are thinking. Here's her picture right here. I know you love her. <laughs> but it's a good hint, all right? God bless you. Somebody sent me an email, by the way, this morning. They're driving to go see their mother, and they take a picture of the little Debbie truck and go, thinking of you, Pastor, you know? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to all. You know, man, I'm telling you, go ahead and get you a nutty buddy on me this afternoon, all right? But it is the hint that you're looking for. The biblical character that we're talking about today, a true warrior, is a lady by the name of Deborah. Now, you're going, man, I've never heard of this character. Because if you grew up in church, they didn't talk about her a lot. I mean, I grew up in church, was around a lot, but nobody ever talked about Deborah. And it wasn't just about these snack cakes. I'm talking about this woman really took care of business. She was a judge. So when you go all the way back in the Old Testament, this woman was the person who was actually telling people what was going on. For example, Judges 4 or 5. You ready? She would sit under the palm of Deborah, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. They went to her for advice and making decisions. This is something that often gets overlooked again. We don't talk about it enough, but this woman had some power, and she was very, very smart, very, very strong. But she took it to the next level. And you go, what do you mean she took it to the next level? Well, in Scripture, you rarely see this. But she actually was a military leader as well. She wasn't just a judge. She was someone leading men into battle. 
The story is very simple. About 900 chariots had come to defeat the Israelites. And the general that was over the Israelites, ready to go into battle, he had actually become fearful. And he had retreated and he was sitting back. His name was Barak, I think is how you say his name. And this is the little part of the story that's crazy cool to me. Judges 4 9, here it is. Then Barak said to Deborah, I will go into battle to defend, to fight these people, right? And do this if you will go with me. He was saying, hey man, I'm going to go, but I'm going to need you to go. Deborah had to be a strong woman, I'm going to tell you. Because if he's saying, I'm the only way I'm going, Deborah, is if you go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So what does Deborah do? Of course, what a warrior does, what this strong woman does. Look at what she says. Of course I will go with you, she says. And Deborah answered, but watch this, man. This is a little shade thrown at the man. But because of your attitude, you will not be honored when is defeated. The Lord will allow a woman to defeat this army. Now, this is some shade because here's the whole deal. He's like, hey, you know what? You're the leader. You're the general, but you've come to me, the judge, and the judge is saying, I will go. If nobody else will go, I'll go with you. But just remember, because your attitude, your attitude is weak. Your attitude is fearful. Your attitude is, I don't know if we'll ever overcome it. As a woman, I will teach you how to overcome. This is big Deborah, not little Debbie, big Deborah kicking some tails what this is. And guess what happens? They go into battle and they win. And she leads them into the defeat of the enemy. And for thousands of years now, many people overlook her story, but I'm bringing it to you today to remind you of something. Are you ready, women? Ready, moms? Even you men, pay attention. Attitude goes a long way. She said to O'Brack, she said, hey, listen, because your attitude's wrong, because you really have a fearful spirit, because you don't have it in you, you will be forever remembered as the man who had to really go to battle with this woman, quote, had to, but I want to teach you a lesson through this, Deborah says. It's in your attitude. Remember that quote I gave you just a minute ago? Remember the woman who's running 104 marathons in 104 days with one leg? All of us right now go, I don't know if I can do this. Remember what she said? I'll put her quote back up. Talking about attitude? You make peace with the pain. She was like, you know what? This is my attitude. Just because you have a target. Man, I'm going for this. I am not going to let cancer defeat me. I am not going to let any circumstance or situation defeat me. I think about Tracy. Adopting all of these children with special needs. I think about Grace willing to be a surrogate when everybody else is saying, I don't think I'll ever do that and I don't think I have the strength to do it. No, she said, no, there's a target. And yes, there's pain involved in all of these circumstances situations, but I'll make peace with it. And then you just eventually go, you know what, I'm going to suck it up. I can think of my mom how many times she'd do the same thing. Man, there'd be tough, difficult circumstances and situations that we're going through. My mom cleaned houses for a living. Her hands would be hurting. Man, me and my brother tried to go out there. We just couldn't handle it. I'm going to be honest with you. She did it for a living, man. She was out there hustling and working hard. And many, many times, that's what she'd do. Her target was to provide for us. Her target was to make sure that them boys knew that God had a plan and a purpose for their life. And trust me, no one thought we'd be pastors. Y'all know that. But here she is going, no, there's a target. Sometimes I'm just going to suck it up. Because you just need to get on with life. My mom is another example in my mind as I think about her now not on this planet. Many of you are in the same situation. Maybe your mom has passed on. But listen, the things she taught you will never, ever be forgotten. 
I can tell you, if it wasn't for the women in my life, my mom included, I wouldn't be the man that I am, and I wouldn't be able to lead the way that I do. In the same way, I think about all of you in this room. Women, I said this before, but I say it to you again today. You're not listening by accident. You are here to be reminded of how special you are and that there is a gift in you that needs to be shared with the world. Sometimes it's that encouragement. Sometimes it's that laugh. Sometimes it's that determination. Sometimes it's that attitude. If I'm willing to go and do what no one else will do, I can think of my beautiful wife as well. I cannot stand when kids upchuck. Can I get an amen out there? Every man. <laughs> when I talk about my wife and I think of all of those bad circumstances, my wife would just run in there and go handle business. And I'm like, man, I'm Barack at that point. I'm like, uh-uh. You go ahead and lead the battle. But what's amazing to me, as silly as that is, I can think of constant reminders of how strong and how powerful and how dedicated she is. And in the midst of all the peace and pain that she has gone through, how she has made peace with those same things. My wife's dad was shot and killed when she was two years old. And there her mom, Mimi, went to battle for her family. So when my mom was walking and trying to clean houses and figure out what's going on. Here's Mimi on this other side trying to figure out how she can get through and make everything happen and take care of her family. And what I say to Mimi, my mother-in-law, what I say to you, to all of you in here, thank you for leading the example for us. That when things are tough, you don't give up. And I would also like to add in here, for all of the women who are struggling, and you can't have kids. And as I said last week, you think that the value of your life is just based on motherhood. Let me correct you. You're valuable whether you have children or not. You're valuable because a mom somewhere, somewhere, sometime said, this is my child. So do not devalue yourself just because you've not been given the gift of a child. You still have so much to offer. And do not let that pain keep you from what it is that God wants to do in your life. You get up and you keep running to the battle. And the key that I have found is not making it about yourself. And that is the one thing women are very good at. You die to yourself a lot. You serve others, you sacrifice, you give. And that's whether that's teachers or whether that's moms or whether that's uh, lawyers or whatever you may be, nurses, doctors. Over and over again, I look at all of these powerful, amazing stories and I go, man, thank you for being who you are. And remember this series. When you're struggling, go back and watch this series all three weeks. Don't just listen to one, just to be reminded of the value of who you are. And every mother in here, we celebrate you and we thank God for you. But we also, yeah, go ahead. Give them a little round of applause there. But I want to remind you in addition to that, your value is above and beyond even your motherhood. You are special to us. And we thank God for you, that you would even give us a little bit of your time today. As I wanted to wrap up, I wanted to find one a good example. And I do have some examples, all right? And as I walk through this, I want to remind you, making peace with the pain and the struggles and the difficulties, I am reminded of the people in here that have gone through difficult and challenging times. I'm reminded of those moms and those grandmothers who've walked through challenges and difficulties. I can also be reminded once again of my wife and our family. Because yes, we have three beautiful children, but we lost a child too. And so if you're in this world and you're going, man, it's a tough day for me, I want you to know I understand and, and we can relate to that as well. 
And as we're trying to navigate all of those different things that are going on in our life and your head's kind of spinning around and you're trying to go, all right, I want to celebrate and I want to enjoy this day, I want to give you a story that will give you some perspective. And I want to give you a story that will remind you of the importance of making peace with the pain and finding some way to fight for others in the midst of everything that's going on. Just like Deborah in the scriptures, just like Tracy, just like Grace, women you have seen on this stage, and I can think of all of the women in my life that have set this example. But this next story is again from our associate pastor, Steve Hartman. Thanks, Steve. You're going to want to love to remember this story. Powerful. A little bit of tragedy, absolutely, but watch how good is done, even in the midst of the difficulty. Watch. This is your presence? Yeah. At first blush, this may look like another one of those viral videos. Oh a soldier God. surprising her family after months apart. Mommy. But our story isn't about this reunion. It's about the woman who made it possible. Maddie Mitchell is the unseen hand behind an untold number of joyful surprises here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, this stay-at-home mother of two, with a third on the way, got started making other people's days after her worst day. A fourth child, Liam, a preemie, died at just five weeks. I felt like my son can't just come in this world just to suffer and then die. He found his purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's helped so many kids. How many good deeds has your group done? Hundreds. Hundreds? Maddie started a nonprofit called Liam Changed the World, and in the 10 years since, he has. Uh, we pay medical bills for children. From planning a parade for a kid with cancer to collecting supplies for flood victims. If kindness is needed, Liam's mom is there. Her most recent effort, to help Army Private First Class Harmony Jackson surprise her family. I love you. Harmony hadn't seen her kids in person. I said I love you. In seven months. <laughs> Maddie found Harmony on Facebook yeah. and offered to orchestrate the reunion. She lured the dad, telling him he'd want a photo shoot for the family. Oh, sweet. Then showered them with gifts and finally, the ultimate present. Of course, for Maddie, the moment was tinged with irony. A hug like this is something she and Liam will never know. But Maddie insists that every good deed she does reunites her, too. I feel my son because I always say that's him doing that from heaven, that he's still working his purpose from up there. Look. Nice work, Liam. Cheese. You're raising a great mom. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just want to do good. Mission accomplished. Thank you. This is, what I'm, this is what I mean. When, when I talk about these amazing women, she just wants to do good. This is why I love all of the ladies and all the businesses that are in the lobby. When you go out and do a little shopping here in a couple of minutes, man, they're going to give a percentage to help do good throughout this entire nation, this entire world, and even, yes, right here in our own community. And I just celebrate all of you. I thank God for you. I want a bit of pray for you, and then I got one song for you to walk out to. But would you bow with me? Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for getting everyone here today. Man, whether they're here by watching online or they're here in this room, it is not coincidence. Lord, it is the fact that you have orchestrated the details to remind them of how important and how special they are, that we thank God for them, 
that they are warriors, that they are the women who are willing to go into battle and fight for those who can't fight for themselves. And even when there's adversity and struggle and pain, they find the purpose in the pain and they make peace with that. How? By focusing on a target that is bigger than themselves. Just like Deborah in Scripture, what was she willing to do? She was willing to lead into battle. Why? To make sure that her people could be free. In the same way, I think about Tracy willing to adopt these children. I think about Grace willing to be the mother for these kids, to carry these kids to term. And here we are, God, in the midst of all of those struggles, trusting you with all the details. I thank you, Father, that you hear us and that you promise to help us, that you would remind each and every woman in this room today to not give up, to know their value, to know their purpose, and to know their strength, because we see them as true warriors. One last mom, God, we want to lift up today is Michelle. It's been a tough week for us, God. You already know what we've gone through. You know what happened in this very room just earlier this week. When we have to bury our children, God, it's almost impossible and it seems unbearable. But I thank you that in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that adversity, I saw a strong woman willing to lead and love others and point them to you in the midst of her own pain. So God, give them strength. Be with Michelle, be with their family, and continue, God, to remind us that you're with us in the middle of the struggle and that you will not leave us and that you will help us to fulfill our purpose on this planet. If there's someone that's never given their life to you today, I pray that today they wouldn't be talking about religion, they wouldn't be thinking about church. They'd be looking to the person of Jesus. And as we look to him, we say, Jesus, I don't know it all. I hadn't figured it all out. But man, I want you. I want more of you. And I need you to come into my life because I need hope and I need help. And you promise to meet them right where they're at if they'll just simply say, I've messed up, man. And I know I have and I know they know they have. But God, we admit our weaknesses and we believe that you are who you say you are. That you came to this world, died on a cross, and rose again. You shed your blood so that we can have forgiveness, and we receive that free gift today. We will do our very best to walk with you from this point forward to make sure, Jesus, that you are known in this world. We thank you for who you are. We ask you to be with us as we get ready to leave. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere one time? Come on. Now, the reason I kind of rushed through that is because I, I want to end with a little something fun. Y'all had it kind of chilled out. We did a little cool worship song. But when I was preparing for Mother's Day, remember, I had a more aggressive Mother's Day theme going that got booted. I want y'all to know that. I was going for a little rock and roll, a little vibe to me. I ran across this song, and as we get ready to walk out, I want you to hear just the first verse. If you don't like rock and roll, you might go, I don't know if I need to do this. But I heard it on TV as well. One young lady wrote this song, and it's a powerful, fun song. So as you're getting ready to go out and do some shopping and having some fun out there, I want you to enjoy the song. Y'all want to hear one more song? Come on, give it a little love for this band. Come on. So get ready, because this right here is Rock and Roll 101, son, because this is celebrating all of the W-O-M-A-N women right here in this room. I can barely spell it. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> Boots on, 